I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to another 100-year week. That's right. We uh, This is yet another time when... Uh, it seems to me we have gone through this, you know, over the last few years where it just seems like, oh, my God, this is going on forever. Like there was so much news in the last week that it seems like months. Yeah. And you you move the finish line and then you the, you move the viewpoint of the highest leadership three times yeah. like in a day. Right. And it's exhausting. And we have, uh, I mean, there are umpteen stories to cover today that are just um, off the charts, not just with how our our states are dealing with COVID-19, because we are now in a states' rights um, response focus in this country. Uh, the, the, you're on your own, <laughs> to quote the minister in Blazing Saddles. Is is the system the president had said the last week and a half. I forgot about that. Son, you're on your own. Um, the president has said repeatedly over uh, the last week and a half, as uh, states like California, Washington State, and New York have bent the curve and have worked diligently to get their set as citizens to recognize the part that every American plays in responding to uh, this pandemic and and writing the country again and making sure that. We get through this uh, with, uh, to quote the president, as little death, as little death what? as possible. Yeah, his, that's, his, that's been his goal, as little death as possible. And um, as those states that have really, you know, knuckled down and done the uncomfortable work of uh, sheltering in place, limiting movement, People self-quarantining, uh, you know, developing situations where, you know, you're getting takeout from a restaurant and you're there. They now have a folding table set up out front where the people who work in the, uh, uh, you know, in the restaurant can make the food safely inside. And then they put it out on the table and then you come up and spray the bag with the Lysol or walk up to it like I do with the Lysol wipes and just <laughs> grab it with one in your hand. Um, and, and take it home and let it sit on the counter and let the food go cold before you dare open it just on the off chance that the person has touched the inside of it and they weren't wearing a glove, like all the stuff that you, you forget all the the sort of death of a thousand cuts that absorbing in all of this. And right before we went on the air, and thank you, Lisa, Mia, more for the super chat. We're live at infotainmentwars.com. By the way, if you're watching on the stream or if you're listening on the air, welcome. 773-763-9278 is our number. We'd love to hear from you and how you're handling it today as um, as we sort of cascade through how each of the states are handling it, are in many ways handling it a lot like different countries are handling it, almost like they have their own, you know, subtle secondary culture to the, you know, to the rest of the country. So we were talking, though, right before we went on the air about how the announcement was made on in a bunch of states, including Illinois, that school for the rest of the year is done. That um, kids are it's summer now permanently yeah. <laughs> until, until uh, possibly next summer or next uh, September, August, somewhere around there. 
if there's a way to guarantee that there's a, a you know a safety factor um you know where like I, and and even the strategy to do it like uh, because my son's going to be 9 years old at the end of may um i'm going to be dealing with the idea of okay well it, nine yes he's gonna be nine that's not like dog years no no although it is with him and he he lost three teeth in the last like two weeks oh man crystal meth is horrible it's so it's unforgiving it's, it's just all over i don't know i mean obviously his music is better but i it's really it's a it's a struggle um no he is literally like he had one gone for a while and it was adorable but it just yeah. hung in there, man. It wasn't going. To, and then the rest of them were all locked. And now uh, he lost a, another bottom one. And the top front one is just a wiggler. Like it, he's rubbing it back and forth. And it's like watching him play with a scab. And you're just like, go quit. Oh, but uh, good. it's but so it's also, crazy. Oh. I can barely remember. But I remember losing teeth was such a big deal. I remember that oh, feeling yeah. of like a molar coming out and your tongue like catching the edge. Oh, going, yeah. Oh, I think that one's going to go. And then like yeah, right, with it. Rolling. like rolling it yeah. over and you're like wow that's sharp underneath yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. like all those uh all those moments uh are so now in, in in stark relief for a lot of people because they are it, you know people are close in closer quarters they're you know everybody's finding a way to amuse themselves in and, and as we go into the you know parents have learned to adapt a lot of people you know uh, over the summer because you're like okay i've got a three slash two and a half month window of how I'm going to handle this. You know, the kid being home all the time and at different ages, it's a different situation. There's sort of a window of safety. It seems like from 11 to 13 where they're old enough to take care of themselves, but too young to get into real shenanigans. Right. And um, that's a very narrow window uh, to ride. Above that, you're like, oh, my God, I have to keep this kid occupied or his hormones, <laughs> and his attitude about uh, who I am as a person are going to drive him into a, you know, into a, a, into the arms of someone awful. Um, or um, I can't. It, they're just simply too young and too immature to leave it, uh, at home. And a structure for, you know, uh, beyond education for just childcare in this country is is sort of ignored um you know and like good luck you know good you know uh, we'll see how that you know if you, if you work it out on your own uh, you know is the american way in that regard and and uh, and we were talking a little bit about how like some people are like you know they talk about their pets like they're their kids but can't leave your kid at home with a dish of water and a dish of dry food and then, you know, poop him when you get home and he's still well-adjusted and happy to see It you. seems like it's worth a go, though. I'm not going to discourage no. this experiment. No, no. Um, and, uh, <laughs> it's a terrible experiment. And you're so wrong. Um, thanks, everybody. Guess for which one of us does not have a child. Right, exactly. But has cats. Um, the point I'm trying to make is this is, you, you know, this is no small feat to, for a parent to deal with. You know, this is a oh major factor um, that adds on to that those thousands of cuts that people are living with in dealing with this. And the and the bravery of the people who are sheltering in place and dealing with this and just having almost like a keep calm and carry on British attitude mid, you know, 
mid World War II, you know, when London was being bombed from the air. It's kind of like, well, we'll just eat our spam and hope for the best, won't we, dear? Like, you know, sitting around a table with this in rubble, um, you know, tucking your napkin into your shirt collar and slicing off a thin piece of spam. You know, don't forget to say grace, Charles, you know, that, that <laughs> people went through in that period. You start having a respect for that um, in how many people. And, we, and And it's amazing how a lot of people adapted instantly, too. Like, this is just the new normal. This is how we're going to have to deal. We're going to have to do this. So, okay, all right, I'm going to, only one of us is going to leave the house, we'll, uh, you know, to go on grocery runs and the like. And and if we do need to go out because it's driving us crazy, we won't go to the same store because two people touching multiple surfaces in a place where the disease might be on a surface or around someone who's coughing um, have a higher chance of bringing it home than one person at that place. Um, so you can go into the grocery store. I'll go into the pharmacy. And we'll take our chances in that regard, but we'll narrow our, our contagion exposure. L- little things like that, that everybody is, you know, doing. And in the middle of this, you have Michiganders coming down from the UP, the Upper Peninsula, which might as well be Lower Canada, wearing yep. Confederate flags and the president tweeting, liberate Michigan. That made me... So angry. Yeah. The, uh, uh, here, here's the issue I have most with it. And then we got to take a break and we'll be back with how a lot of these states are actually bearing out to be like the individual countries that have handled this in different ways. Um, and the similarities and the scary similarities between how some uh, American counties and states are handling this uh, and, and its similarity to the similarity to how many ways it has stampeded through other countries. Um, and we're, we're staring down the barrel of that right now. But um, the idea that people are looking at this as an indication of freedom uh, because they can be free to infect and not care for their fellow Americans is a bizarre inversion of this phony patriotism that the Republicans have been selling for a long time. And then the president's either complete awareness or complete ignorance. I don't think there's a middle ground of the danger posed by saying something like liberate Michigan to a state that is like their main export is militia members and, and weekend warrior uh, survival and prepper camps. Um, And the fact that, some QAnon nutcase, that's all the the signal they're going to need. Oh, man, they've been waiting for it. Right. Um, and and in many ways, it was incredibly lucky that they, maybe they're not on Twitter anymore. They've been <laughs> banned since. we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the Housewives okay. Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're streaming as well uh, on uh, YouTube and on Periscope and on uh, my personal Facebook page, which I think is a mistake. <laughs> and uh, and Twitch as well. We'll be back right after this. Now more than ever, we are all thinking about our hygiene. We are all washing our hands, That's sneezing right. into our arms, uh, but we are still taking a huge carrier of virus with us everywhere. Phones, y'all, Ooh, are the, your phones. They are the vector okay. for disease, and we rarely clean them. And in fact, I'm pretty sure whatever I'm calling cleaning isn't really clean, <laughs> right? You know, I'm spraying. We're, we're constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them 
to our face. And so especially right now, it's a time, a really great time to take cleaning your phone more seriously. Yeah. You need the clean phone. Yeah. It's a sanitizer. It uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.9% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. That's right. Better than wipes and safer device. The clean phone gets every inch of your phone clean. Simply put your phone in the clean phone case and it will charge your phone while it sanitizes. Mm. You can even use it to sanitize jewelry, keys, and that's been bothering me. My yeah, keys, you yeah, know, yeah. and all of their small items. Go to the clean phone.com today and get one for $79 and free shipping. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone, y'all. That's okay. Right. Go to cleanphone.com. Keep your phone truly clean. That's the clean phone.com. The clean phone.com. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Let's. Um, sonically, am I okay with you guys? I'm just checking my audio. Is it Chicago? We sound okay? Do I sound all right? I can't tell. All right, Sounds good. good to right. Me. I've been, I've, then it's clearly something else. And I'll work on it streaming people. So I appreciate it. Um, Thanks for uh, keeping me honest, though. This is I'm I'm literally like uh, I'm running like a one man system over here all the time. It's a good time. Uh, so but um, we will uh, you know, we'll we'll fix it as we go. Uh, oh, I see. I know what the issue is. So um, when it comes to the um, how the states are handling this piece by piece. The uh, I'm here uh, to say that Governor Pritzker is doing a bang up job and I'm proud of him. Yes. Yeah. Well, that would be a sign of a state that is learning from the um, the issues that uh, Washington state was definitely caught on their heels by this. Yes. And, uh, and it's not their fault. Um, no, they, not they were the they were the example that that we all learned from. Uh Yes, and 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 they learned quickly, adapted quickly, took yep. it seriously quickly. Now, it was lucky in some ways that the initial hit in the United States was Seattle for a couple of reasons. One is, while it is a major city um, and a vibrant one at that, it is also a more isolated city. Um, and the surroundings area, surrounding areas are more like uh, arboreal. They're more, uh, you know, there's a lot of suburb living and isolation, hence where grunge and music came from in the Seattle area. Yep. There's an element of seclusion. Um, and and for, for many of, you know, if you've spent any time in Seattle, and I've performed up there a bunch, and I, uh, I, I love the place. Um, there is a sense of sort of, um, it is easy to sequester yourself away. There, there are not huge uh, sections of the city that are, uh, you know, apartment buildings, you know, as far as the eye can see, like Los Angeles or San Francisco or any other, you know, places along those lines. Um, it is, it is a very specific social style of living. It is like a giant Cupertino. If that makes sense, a giant and what? You know, Cupertino, like outside of San, outside of San Francisco, where Apple is and all that. It's it is it is a very it is the most urban suburban area. Oh, okay. 
Um, and Seattle is very much like that. While there is an industry and while people do work downtown and while there is a vibrant uh, tourism group, it is also a little softer in its impact and there's a little bit more sprawl. So, And the idea of shutting it down, of not going outside, um, has uh, is, is much easier to communicate to the people of Seattle than it is... Um, all right, um, I, I will fix my uh, mic for the chat somehow because I know that's on my end. We'll fix it. Um, I appreciate it. Are you it, getting but, updates? Yes, I am. Um, but in the interim, um, the the reality of, uh, you know, its impact on Seattle um, and the fact that it hit Seattle first and that as the cases grew there, and the the seriousness by which um, the uh, uh, oops yeah um, the the seriousness with which a uh, you know people recognized there were uh, people dying in this environment people were uh, um, it was a shock to their system it was a you know see the the King County area was um, was aware that this contagion was upon them and they did not know where it was. And so everybody retreated backwards and did everything they could to try and limit it. Now, in the United States, we know by that time it had spread throughout the country. But however um, the, the rest of the country responded to it, Seattle and Washington State dealt with it uh, very well, as best you could in this thing when, when you know, considering how much they were on their heels. So... When it came to New York and by the time, you know, California was dealing with it, uh, which was the next cascading hit, there was both the awareness and the possible danger of it, uh, you know, spreading quickly. We were aware of how it, what had happened in China. Um, a lot of uh, New York's response was predicated on looking at how uh, Wuhan had dealt with it, you know, and how what they had to do. Um, which was incredibly scary. Um, and so they were going, we're a big, highly populous city. And what what what's the impact been on other highly populous cities? They were welding people into their apartments. They were forcibly arresting people and putting them in containers and driving them away. They were um, driving down the streets, spraying God knows what, Clorox and all kinds of nonsense into the sky, uh, you know, spraying down buildings. Like this was the New York, you know, this was what New York was looking at in terms of their response. Washington State, knowing that they were wholly a different situation, um, found in many ways that they were, uh, they were able to contain it in their, due to the, sort of the social makeup of the state in ways that California had to adapt differently. Um, as you know, as it's gone across the country, you've seen people respond to it, um, in different ways, both the citizens of a place, um, New Yorkers, the big fear about New Yorkers and how many, um, they would need of, uh, uh, like ventilators and the like, because they were also acting on, um, what happened to the initial patients. They were not just projecting on the number of people who were sick, but on the number of people who would 
require medical intervention and who they, uh, how much help they thought that that intervention would provide. How important was it to get someone on a ventilator was highly exaggerated in the beginning of it because people were coming in and, you know, there were people in Wuhan collapsing, falling over blue in the face and suffocating in the street. So by the time it got to South Korea, they were thinking the minute somebody comes in is having trouble breathing, we need to pump them full of oxygen and we need to get them on a ventilator as quick as possible. Then they found out that over time, if, if you put um, some of the people who might have recovered on a uh, if you intubated them versus just putting them on, on oxygen, um, it was harder to get them out of it and it caused more damage. Pressurizing of the lungs and, uh, you know, became an issue because you're forcibly inflating the lungs. They're permanently damaging the person. It got harder and harder to extract them. So the by the time New York had was ordering ventilators, looking at how South Korea and China had been handling it, the adaptive process of the medical community was, okay, we're going to need to put some of these people on oxygen and work more on, on pumping them full of antivirals and using other remedies and intubating as a last resort. Because once that process started on a lot of people, you were looking at four hours between uh, getting them on a ventilator, uh, putting in a chest tube, traking them, and then they were stuck that way. So the um, uh, over time, they, you know, uh, they learned to adapt that getting oxygen, which is why like you'll see, I don't know if you've been watching, like Rachel's been having um, guys from, you know, uh, doctors and nurses from different hospitals in New York talking about the impact of patients coming in. And one of them was talking about how, you know, they had all these machines running. Everybody was on ventilators for a while. And then we have a few people mm -hmm. on CPAP machines. The CPAP mm. means are, you know, uh, like consistent. It's like the positive. snoring machine or the assisted yes. breathing thing? Yeah, yes, that's exactly what it is. Same thing you use uh, when you stop breathing in your sleep. Yeah. Uh, the idea is that it's constant positive airflow. Is right. Going, um, in, so they're, but they just up the oxygen content so that what little part of your lungs are still working and functioning fully, um, you're, you can still get enough air. And you're not shoving a tube down somebody's throat. That's right. So the, the intubation aspect of ventilators. Could you help me with the, with the, I'm sorry, Hal, could you help me with the, the yeah, intubation, intubation yeah. definition? So uh, usually the stages you go to on, um, it, when you go to the hospital, my mom's a nurse. Um, so I've seen this and been around it my entire life. She worked and she uh, practiced and, on you a lot more than is probably healthy. That's true. Yes. It's alive. You gave me an <laughs> abnormal brain. So, she, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the, one of the first things you'll see is when somebody comes in and they don't require total intervention, but they'll put them on oxygen just to help them. So they'll have the oxygen tube in their nose. You know, they'll just okay. have the old, the little the, giant, the, two, the two little cloth things. Yeah, the little nozzles. All they're doing is blowing a little extra oxygen into your head so you get a little more oxygen. Um, um, then you've got um, uh, the oxygen face mask, which just looks like, uh, you know, the breathing thing. You see it like like when uh, in, in dramas where they have a fireman bring somebody out of mm -hmm. a fire and they just put it right on their face and they're pumping oxygen into them. That has a, uh, a positive airflow of oxygen at a, a much higher level, if not completely oxygen, because it's not a form fit to the air. So the idea is that as you breathe in, you're dragging in air from the, uh, the outside of the mask. And so the mask itself is feeding you, you know, next to pure oxygen. It's obviously not pure. It's, you know, 80% or something along those lines, depending on 
what your needs are. And the rest of the air that you're breathing in is coming from the gaps in the mask thing because it's not a form fit. Then you go to the hospital, they have the one that goes right on your face. That's more measured. It's almost like human scuba gear. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just putting it over your nose and mouth. They're raising the oxygen level of what's going into your face um, so that you can breathe and get enough oxygen. They're overwhelming the oxygen, but no extra pressure is going into your lungs. You're still breathing on your own. You suck that air in and you expel it out. The next part is you are incapable of breathing on your own. You cannot draw a breath either because you are seizing from lack of oxygen, all these other aspects. So they, um, they run a tube into your mouth and down your throat and into your lungs to pump air directly. And that pushes air into your lungs and then pulls and basically lets it go out through another tube. It just kind of, it, it flows in and out. What it, it kind of switches sides. It works just like your throat does when you Mm -hmm. drink water, there's a little flap that goes back and forth. So you breathe in and one tube works and you breathe out and the other tube switches over that idea much more complicated. It's like a car. As Trump would say, it's very complicated. These are high end. This is obviously the the Cliff Notes version of it. Once you get in that situation, you're if if it's not set right for your lungs and they they have no way of telling how damaged your lungs are and if they've had to do it very quickly, you can damage someone's lungs over time. The longer they're on it, because you're you're filling it like a tire. So if it's like overinflating a tire, yeah. you can put gaps uh-huh. on the sides of it, or you can destroy uh, you know the edges of. Uh, the air, fo- uh, like the, like the air sacs in the bottoms of the lungs and the like, can get overpressurized, and so they push them out. And then, as it's artificially inflated and deflated, it can damage it over time. If for whatever reason you start gathering fluid in your lungs because of pneumonia, which is what kills most people, it's a cytokine storm mixed with pneumonia is what's really wiping people out with this disease. They have to run a chest tube in, which drains fluid from your <laughs> lungs while they breathe you with an intubator while you're being intubated. And that sometimes goes in through, through your back. Um, but a lot of times they call it a chest tube cause it goes in through, you know, like, uh, below, just below your ribs. Um, and then the, the, the worst part is uh, trachea <clears throat> where you've literally been on it so long that they, uh, they just put a hole in your throat and they breathe you that way because you're going to be in a coma. Um, and wow. that's, and some people, they forcibly put in a coma when they're in the extreme parts of this because they start to seize up. And they, they like, people will, because they're not getting enough oxygen, will start uh, pulling at their, uh, at the tubes, that kind of stuff. So they have to restrain people. And so it's, it's a horrifying thing. And understand this, this is hard for the doctors and the nurses. They see this multiple times a day and they're not machines about this. Many of these people are going to have, um, well, we got to take a break um, for after my medical description dragged on for an extra four minutes. But, um, uh, uh, and thanks, uh, can't stop lying. The alveoli was the actual word I was looking for. That's true. Oh. Which, which if you have, you know, cheese alveoli are the best, I think, really. That sounds delicious. Yes, with it, but I, I prefer red sauce to a white sauce. I know it's bad to me. Yeah, but sometimes just a little olive oil, it's okay. <laughs> Olive alveoli ah keka. How it works? All right, we'll be back.
This is Tom Hartman, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT. Look, I know I went long with my dis- my description of uh, going from oxygen to intubation to chest tube. It was to my fault. Radio. I asked, but no, it's okay. It's it's kind of a necessary part of it. But um, uh, you know, a lot of well, we'll talk about that in a minute. I don't want to get caught in this. I'll start down another road, and we have to talk to old Bob because he's here. Yeah, for we do. Yeah, he's we hanging do. on my thread. Uh, is he? No, he's not. He's just. <laughs> I don't know. Get don't to him before he passes. Oh, yeah, quit it. No, stop talking <laughs> like that. Uh, oh, Bob, are you with us? You good? What's happening? Are we uh, too late? Waldo and Presley, Uncle Magoo is in the house. Oh, good. <laughs> Uncle Magoo is in the house. I couldn't be happier. Um, how uh, you feeling? Well, crummy as usual, but um, uh, okay. uh, I did after two over two weeks. Finally got into town last week, and uh, well, that was different. It's kind of like, I guess the best way I could say it is like uh, the LaTroy Dragon takes a motor trip. You just got to, you know, and, uh, but. That's uh, a great way to describe it. Yeah. um, Well, you know, in these trying times. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, absolutely. You know, you know it, it is written uh, somewhere, I believe, uh, that it uh, it takes a pandemic in the hands of Republicans to kill a village or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I saw that somewhere. That was that was the warning that Hillary. That was the sequel to her book. It takes a village. Like you're yeah. gonna regret this. It's actually backwards masked in all of her speeches. That's right. Trump is the devil, right? Yeah. It wasn't happily particularly crowded anywhere in town, but the okay. the one observation that I took back uh, was mm-hmm. that indeed uh, women are overall smarter than men. Yeah, probably. Because I would say it was a ratio of probably four to one of women over men that I did see uh, wearing uh-huh. masks and things. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, well, they also simply might be their awareness. Uh, there might be their awareness that men are disgusting. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, like finally, I can wear the mask I should have been wearing all along. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably multiple factors, but but they uh, they seem to be more uh, in into the the game than than the dudes were. Except for me, I had mine, and I right. figured out a way to do it without immediately going into cardiac arrest. So that was a happy. Uh, well, all right, happy is it, finding. Yeah, is it is it? I find. That the more effective the mask that you wear, like if you wear the cloth ones with the um, with the filters in the sides, which is the kind that I have, that it's almost like wearing one of those things that uh, people work out in to give them, you know, the feel of what it's like in a higher atmosphere because it's harder to breathe through it. It just simply is. It takes yeah. a little bit of extra effort. And I'm curious as uh, as to how that is for a bunch of people. Again, I think this goes to that kind of 
those thousand cuts that you have to respect people for experiencing during this time? Well, I, you know, like I told you the last week, the first time I wore mine, I didn't think I was going to live to get back to the car. But uh, right, I was able to justice enough that not only was I able to breathe a little better and it wasn't as hot and I didn't have the, the uh, angina kick in, but uh, I could also actually see over the damn thing, which is good, too, in a way. Right. It's helpful. Um, yeah. You have the kind that uh, you can form fit around your nose. That's quite important um, for a couple of reasons. One, it keeps it, yeah. Keeps the air going the right way. Uh, yeah. This, um, uh, how to describe it? It's rectangular. It's not that oval thing, right. which would be better in a way, but, um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of adjusting it and getting used to it. It still covers my uh, muzzle and my pie hole, you know. Which is so, important, uh, right? Yeah, in general. Again, one of those reasons why women would be for us wearing masks all the time anyways. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's definitely an improvement. Well, and, you know, uh, there's, there's also the, uh, the, the soft acceptance of the expendability of men that over time has led guys to just kind of write off their own health in a bunch of ways too. It's also partly psychologically why men don't go to the doctor when they should and all those kind of things, you know, because, uh, you know, generations of, you got to die of something. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you know, se- sex ed for girls in school was always like another science class and, and sex eds for bo- were boys was, Stay away from the girls until you're a decent human being, you rat. And, then, yeah. um, you know, and the rest of your health is kind of a mystery until it kills you. Um, it's, you know, yeah. it's why we live 10 years less. But a lot of it has to do with, you know, you know, why men are soldiers, why men are cops. What, you know, that this acceptance that um, if somebody's going to die in this situation, it's going to be you. And that and that leaks into even the people who don't do that for a living, you know, who don't have that. That's a kind of a constant idea, you know. So uh, that has, I think that's something to do with more of the, you'll see people going for the herd immunity idea, the macho aspect of that. Part of it is, is like, well, I'll go get it and then I'll get over it if I'm alone and then I won't be able to give it to anybody else and then I can help. Um, There's a lot of that. Yeah. uh, And while I was out, my router Mm -hmm. took me by the chap that has the uh, the big blue Trump 2020 flag flying and uh-huh. uh, being a patriotic citizen, I did salute <laughs> when I went by, but I was only able to get one finger up in my mm, weekend. Career. I had a feeling. I understand. Well, it's, I understand that. I, you know, it, it's, you got to conserve your strength. You don't want the angina to kick yeah. in. That's the important thing. Right. No, I mean, no, I gotta and, be and if he doesn't understand that. Yeah. He, he's lacking yeah, in patriotism. So um, so. Well, we got to. Yes. We have to take a break. Oh, Bob, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, hang in there. I'll, I will insist on your check in next week as well. I'm going to need to know uh, if you managed to cook something for yourself and if you have a, a dish okay. recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, All now right. you've got homework. Right. There you go. 
We'll, we'll be back right after this. Okay, thanks so much, oh, Bob. I'm, I, it makes me feel good. And I think Ike might even be in our chat, so I, oh I hope so it's in, on, online because I always need to check in on him as well. And thank you, Hal Vickery, uh, so much for the super chat today as well. Um, and Christine F. Um, and Kelly O'Rourke. We will be back right after this South Park Radio program, Mega Worldwide. Um, as of the la in the last 24 hours, 735, uh, no, since I guess last night, midnight, 735 deaths in the United States. We're clearing a thousand uh, daily minimum still. And the states that are on their way up are the scary news. We'll be back. right so new york uh um currently for today already 540 deaths um california 16 which is um you know in addition to the numbers but a a, a consistent decline as is by the way new york consistently declining in the cases that they that they have coming in um uh, other areas like uh, New Jersey, the linkages, it's interesting because they haven't listed their deaths. They do it later. But a lot of the New Jersey deaths also happen in New York City. So sometimes those numbers get layered over because the people that they're taking, they're taking into, you know, if you're if you're just over the river, they're going to, uh, you know, over the um, uh, across the bridge, rather, you're going to um, thinking of Kentucky and, and the Ohio River. Um those folks a lot of times will end up being serviced either on the boat or, you know, uh, on the, on the mercy or the comfort. I forget which, um, there's a, this is a Tweedledee. There's a Tweedledum too. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a line from Joe versus the volcano. I, it, not, no reflection on the boats. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the idea that, um, you know, certain States are like, well, we're not, we don't have any cases is the thing that Trump's there's a bunch of States that are doing great. And he even said at one point this week, that it, they've been more talented than other states because they have fewer cases. What? Which I, I don't, I mean, it's in, nearly impossible to grasp the, the weakness of your ego that you would have to even I hate think him something so much, Hal. It's terrible. I just yes. hate him. It's grotesque. Um, the sad part is, is that um, he, this is a, I mean, it's indicative of his character. Think about what this, what this actually says about his perception of the world. A second generation rich kid who lucked into millions of dollars through because his father gave it to him, who lucked into being able to revive his company because his relatives, his sisters and his brother um, loaned him tens of millions of dollars in the 90s just for the operating costs of his company. You don't even <clears throat> need to go into this detail. Like, right. Uh, I'm, but but bear, bear with me in, in describing. Yeah. This man thinks he's talented. Right. He thinks that he's where he is because of uh, his skill as a human being, not because, um, uh, well, I almost said something I can't say on the air. I know. I, it, it, it comes out with this guy. He's it like, does. 
He's like George Costanza if he were chaotic evil. evil. Right, yeah. He comes into this idea with, he thinks, the reason The Apprentice worked in a lot of ways was because it was a ridiculous guy telling other ridiculous people to do ridiculous right. things. Yeah, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. look at these idiots. Yes, it wasn't because they were, none of the people who were on The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice were going to actually learn a skill. It was a game show, <laughs> right. and it was completely embarrassing. Um, and and that's why it worked, because he was a fraud. If you had somebody, every time you put somebody who's a legit success, it's not that interesting. No, really, not because at when all. You have, when you have a legit success show like that, it becomes Shark Tank. That's right. the only version of it that works, because someone rich goes, let me see your, your idea. You're actually got real ideas. I'm not going to send you out to sell lemonade on the street. What kind of ridiculous flavor of love garbage is this? So <laughs> he was he was a national embarrassment for a living and unaware of that. He thought popularity uh, was equated to worth. Um, and this oh is my a, God, yes. The, yeah, and, that, and this that, has con- not, that is not faded. So the states that were lucky early because of lack of population and and other groups. Uh, you know, other reasons why they had the talent of Montana. Yes. Right. He thinks they're talented, not that they're simply out in the middle of nowhere and it took longer to get there. I mean, this is him. This is the projection of this man uh, in stark relief. This is, you can see it in operation. This is how his psychology works. That if you lucked into a win or are out of a lose, then that's talent, not you. You were born on the upside of the nickel, and and you know, uh, it, you know, on a on a on a double headed nickel, you 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 called heads. Um, yeah. the, and honestly, this is yeah. Al Vickery in our chat goes, "This is a guy who calls viruses smart. He calls them the invisible enemy. He calls it smart, brilliant, even. And the reason he does this is because he doesn't understand. He does well. He knows that at some point." There will be enough dead people where the virus will peter itself out unless it cascades across the world and wipes everyone out. No one's going to let that happen. That he can claim victory over something that was smart instead of weakness over something that he allowed to burn out of control. This is the people who like watching um, uh, like uh, what was the movie about? Like um, I, and I'm, it's going to drive me crazy. I don't know the name of the movie because uh, I didn't really watch it. The movie about the fireman like Kurt Russell was in it. Backdraft. Um, backdraft. Thank you. I yeah. Um, you didn't really watch it. It's not bad. I, no, I mean, I I think it was on cable at one point, but it was with commercials, and I was like, bye. So, um, okay. point being is that there's a point in the story where the guy talks about fire as if it's a demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that remember that monologue uh-huh. where he's like, "It'll come and get you," and it. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. the fire, and he does it to scare the guys into taking it seriously. Yeah. Understand that this thing is looking for air. It's going to follow it up, but it's not looking for anything. This is just how it spreads. It's physics, not right. psychology. A lot of people do that with um, addiction and alcoholism. They, they give it right. a personality. You know, it's out, it's out in the parking lot doing push-ups. That's right. Yeah. And, and that helps you gin up your own um, defenses against right. it because it, it will, it's a call to arms. Yes. You now have an enemy that you are fighting. You use that language to do that. But you know during that time that it is a metaphor. 
<laughs> the addiction. Wait, what? Not... Hang on, go back. <laughs> you don't go. You don't go to the window and go. I think I can see it. It's behind the Ford. You could see him going up and down. Oh my God, addiction has tattoos. I knew it. You know. Um, uh, and the you know the fire looked at me like you would just yeah. go. That person's crazy. But the the use of the analogy, and you can tell that people were using these analogies to describe this to the president, and the president doesn't understand it's an analogy. So he thinks the virus is actually brilliant, not that it's brilliant how simple this is. Like, he would have sided with uh, the android and alien. (laughs) This guy really knows what he's talking about. He's got milk for blood, clearly. Um, So there, I don't think, I think the problem is you can see in these press briefings the people around him who are clearly briefing him on uh, on the details of it, how it's spreading, where it's spreading, where it's going to go next, how uh, we're getting a hang uh, you know a handle on it in some areas and in other places they're not at all, and they're feeding him metaphors to try and shove this word into his head to kind of get the threat across to him. Yep, and ultimately. Um, he do, it doesn't work because he believes it. He thinks it's a literally brilliant. He thinks it's literally seeking to kill you. It's not. It just replicates in such a way that it causes your death. Yeah. It's not brilliant in any ways. If it was brilliant, it wouldn't kill its host because <laughs> it doesn't survive in a rotted corpse. It needs a living thing to Fair grow points. Off it's it's actually quite stupid, as all viral mutations are. They wipe themselves out. You know what the smart ones are? The ones that live in our gut, the probiotics we live with, and the things that live on our skin all the time, that live in symbiosis with us all the time. Those are actually kind of brilliant, if you think about it, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. We got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Um, we're going to have a, a word from My Hero Power when we come back, because in this time, since we're all at home using a lot of energy, what steps can you do to help... Uh, solve climate while you're stuck at home besides turning your lights off and you go to bed at night and not uh, leaving Netflix on all night. We'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! Right. We we have a bunch of calls on the line. Uh, um, who do we have, Devin? Who's next? Excellent. Um, hey, Mark. I'm uh, Green from Cleveland now. It's been a while. Um, okay, I want to expand on the point you're making about Trump. Uh, he is an incompetent and poorly educated person because he's never had to be anything else. Um, and right. he's gotten uh, too far, so far in his life are two reasons. Um, one, he de- depends on powerful people to prop him up for their own ends, whether it, it's his family or the producers of The Apprentice or the Russians. And two, the one talent he does have is he knows how to manipulate people. And as we've yeah. seen, you put the two of together, it's a really bad combination. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, um, Michael Cohen is getting out of jail because of uh, early because of the uh, COVID-19, curiously enough. Hmm. And because he is leaving jail and because he will serve the rest of his time uh, in, in, home confinement which i'm like how wait we all got the same sentence yeah. as michael cohen now 
Um, yes. He, he's going to be apparently writing a, a tell-all book during this time, which he couldn't do while he was in jail for some reason, but he can now because he's been released from prison. He can effectively do it. I don't know what the ruling is, but um, he talked a lot about how he would have taken a bullet for Trump and all these kind of things. And I and and he talked about him in such intoxicating ways in the very beginning. But you recognize that as, as he changed over time, as, as Michael Cohen kind of woke up to this, he recognized that it wasn't so much that Trump was this amazingly hypnotic person. It's that Michael Cohen was the kind of sap that Donald Trump looks for. That you don't, uh, somebody, somebody who's truly capable does not surround themselves with idiotic sycophants who will throw themselves under a bus or take a bullet for you. I, I like the idea that I might have. So what does that make me then? (laughs) Well, I, I, here's the thing. I, 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 I would take a very small bullet for you, Johnny. Um, but I would, I I think my goal would be to push you out of the way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Sure. you know what I mean? He, he knows that when it's just funny when I fall. That's right. Yeah, just watching you do it, just having the mm-hmm. chance to tackle you is worth the gunfire. But the point <laughs> is, um, I, you know, if you have friends, genuine friends, there's this idea that uh, we are both in this together. I wouldn't expect my friends to quote unquote take a bullet for me, even though there's a perhaps a situation where some of my deeper friends would, and I certainly would for them in those circumstances. I don't think in those terms. Because one of the things my true friends wouldn't do is get me in a situation where either one of us are having to take a bullet. You know what I mean? Like my, my a true friend would go, I think they're going to start shooting. We need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, but Trump has surrounds himself with these guys who will say this kind of stuff because they have this illusion of uh, that's what greatness means and that they are subservient to this idea of worth. And they so devalue themselves you know, and then once they start finding their own worth, they go, what, what was I thinking? Yep. What, you know, they were on the receiving end of a shell game and were convinced it was a magic trick. And eventually they've lost enough money that they finally wake up to the fact that that's what's happened. And I, so this, the media says this about him all the time. Oh my God, he was incredible. He's got great skills as a communicator. I'm like, no, maybe you guys have just habitually gotten into a situation where you listen to everything you know, that equalizing everything you hear is so important that you get, you're easy to roll. That's the problem the media has, is that he was able to roll them not because of his skill, because of their gaps. Okay, and to me, the question is, how do we take all those people, the mega hats at the rallies, and get them to have the same realization that Michael Cohen had? Right. Well, you won't on those people, but you will in their extended families. And the way you do that is by, you know, not taking every opportunity to strictly vilify or or permanently uh, accuse people, address behaviors not um, uh, as as character aspects, not character flaws. So the idea is um, very much focusing on um, what you're what they're saying or doing is is racist, not you are a racist because it gives someone an exit ramp emotionally and gives them room to learn and move on. And if you go, well, those people are never going to, that's fine. And that may be true about that person, but the person you're talking to just over their shoulder, um, uh, who may be reachable, 
is the person you're really talking to in those situations. Does that make sense? So you, you're not going to reach the real MAGA hat wearers. You're going to reach the people in their circle who nod and say yes when they're talking to them, but don't wear the hat. That's the goal. And there's a lot more of those people. So that's why it, it matters. That's, uh, that would be how I would address it. Um, so, but, but he, you know, again, part of the importance of why I do, why I stream his ridiculous presser every day and why I mock it incessantly and I don't take it seriously at all, no matter how sub serious the subject is, is because it is, it is an offense to reality to take him seriously, to act for a moment as if he really gives a damn yeah. is offensive to everyone who's dealing with the reality of COVID-19 right now, especially yeah. or the economic impacts of it. He doesn't really care. He cares about how it affects him. So every word that comes out of his mouth, even the, you know, his, his boilerplate BS that he reads off of his little statement where he's reading with his finger because he hasn't seen the words before. And the moments where he's like, responders and it is so important to us, the strength and character of the American people. It's like a nine-year-old doing a book report with all deference to nine-year-olds who actually like to read. Um, it, he has, there's no character aspect because he doesn't care. And so uh, mocking him is not mocking the thing because they are unrelated there is nothing taking the president seriously. Uh, and I believe this from a news standpoint, taking his statements about this seriously, giving them any of the weight or the uh, gravity that is necessary for a presidency um, takes away from the, 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 the weight of the presidency by taking some fool's words seriously and undermines all the serious people doing dangerous work right now by allowing him to, you know, to mock them. It is, it is why Jesus hated hypocrites more than anybody. He hadn't, he didn't have a problem with thieves and hookers. Me too. I like Jesus. It, it was the, it was the hypocrites that were the problem because everybody else was, you could save everybody else. The problem, the people you couldn't save were the people who pretended to be saved already. And that is a defining character of this president. He, he, he pretend, I mean, look at how he talks to evangelicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I uh, appreciate the call. We'll try to get one more. Absolutely. And, and nice to hear from you again. Um, let's let's uh, I think we got time for at least one more before the end of the hour. So um, who do we have, Devin? Oh, right on. Hey, Paul. Hey, Al. Uh, well, hey, how are you? Let me good. Yeah, uh, let me move quick here. Right. Okay, so I, I want to riff on like you say, moving forward from Trump, because he's really, in many ways, to the progressive of the problem, he's irrelevant. He's not going to yes. solve the problem. It's a new era. It's a new problem. It's a new question. And he's not up to that. And I'm, I'm speaking about I, I, a couple of conversations I'll just riff on for you. The key word in this, though, is adaptation. And I was talking right. to a friend of mine who was uh, once, uh, he's a chemistry PhD, he's a researcher uh, in organic chem. He was my chemistry, one of my profs, and and at Michigan State, like 35 years ago, even friends all these years, I was asking him, so what's the deal? Can't we just get everything together instead of competing the companies like the faith are? All the companies get together and get the research to researchers to just get this vaccine going in. Can we have it four, five, six months if everybody works together? He said, well, that's no. what Bill Gates is doing. He's funding a half a dozen labs, and he's, everyone's going to get paid whether or not they come up with the actual you know, results. Right. Um, he said, but... 
but he said the problem is every virus is a is a new puzzle. And mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah. have methodology they have methodologies and they have approaches and protocols to go about it, but it's a new puzzle. And that's one of the things. The other thing is he's they'll figure out the puzzle. That's not the biggest problem. Another big problem is he says they're going to have to make at least three times as many doses as they do for the regular seasonal flu. They're going to have to make an excess of 250 million doses, and that takes a lot of time. So yes. you're looking at the outside number. So there's that. Another conversation I had with uh, one of my uh, lady friends in California, we were talking about the idea the economy is going to move on. People are going to have resourceful and innovative ideas in this new economy it is the COVID era and people have to get used to that and the problem is for these mega nutcases in michigan you see they can't they can't sit with a puzzle they don't have the patience to figure out an eighth grade level algebra problem that's why they quit school you know they they went no i can't do this so i mean it really hasn't been very long and you're right people in seattle are also they're offended by the they're offended by the idea that they should have to it's even worse than that. Right. They are offended at the idea they should be expected to care that deeply about something that's complex. Com- yeah, and complexity think, is offended. They think it's going to be. They think it's going to be over. So let's have it over now. When no, it's a new. It's a new question. The Oracle has asked a new question, and you have right. to have the patience and the adaptive skills to sit and think about it and sit with it, and just say okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the one to come up with the, the cure. It means you have to be okay with saying, yeah, I'm all right sitting at home. And that's what you said about people in Seattle. In fact, the people on the West Coast are okay with, uh, in general, I mean, in Seattle, yeah, it was like, okay, we can't go, okay. I, I mean, this hasn't changed yeah. my day-to-day life one iota. I don't really go out there much. My whole day is, is working out at home, and then I'm all day on music and writing and stuff like that. I don't go out yeah. of the house that much. So I'm like, oh, can't go out? Okay, well, the only thing that's changed is we don't go out for beers on Friday afternoons anymore. That's it. Right. So and that part will switch. People- that, will, that will adapt. You're absolutely right. We're, um, we're running up against the end of it, but um, you're absolutely right. You're going to see a situation where um, Trump and his crowd have had a problem for a long time that they feel like the world is moving on without them. And this yep. has exacerbated that. It has made it even worse <laughs> because it because because the lock to this door is now a five tumbler lock instead of a, a an old fashioned key like he was handing out to the truckers this week. That he is yep. compl- they are, they are baffled by it. There is a certain amount of compassion we have to have for the working class of this country to work them through that because you shouldn't have to be able to um, solve. Uh, I would say trig to get to be able to operate in our modern world um but you can't talk down to people you know and you know as trump does and act like everybody he thinks everybody's as dumb as he is and is finding this out at the same pace he is and it doesn't and this and the economy like and i like what you said there and i mentioned it yesterday on my stream this isn't the, the economy isn't broken the economy isn't failing this is the economy this is what happens to the economy when it comes in contact with real life. This is what it looks like. And its inflexibility is its problem. This is a stress test. We got it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you, Johnny Million. 
Uh, thanks for the call, Paul. We'll see you guys later. Uh, stick around for the post show, or uh, if you're listening on WCPT, Dick Hayes next. We'll be back.